Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, some needs are obvious. <laughs> and uh, when disaster happens, it be an earthquake, a tidal wave, a tornado, a hurricane, whatever it might be, uh, the need is obvious. Houses are destroyed, lives are upended, even deaths occur. And during that period of time, uh, a lot of people make themselves ready to serve and to be a part of of God's plan. There's many ministries like that that have people that are sitting ready to go and to help and to strengthen them. And and today we want to talk about that need, but uh, as we share in it, uh, if 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 I can't go to help that person that's just experienced this tornado ripping through their town, is is there anything that I can do? I, yes, I can pray. But Nathan, who's our co-host, Nathan Harper, um, I think we can all share in in those needs in our churches, but also some ways of what Paul talked about giving as under the Lord, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, there's some things that everybody can do, uh, no matter the degree or level that you can do them. Not everybody can go somewhere and physically do something or even learn a new language or um, even have access to, to go somewhere else. Those opportunities aren't available for everybody. But there's all the opportunity in the world to do a couple of things, I think, at least. Uh, one is um, actually, I would say three. One is to pray. We can all pray. We should be all praying, and we can learn to pray strategically, specifically for the mission, um, missions um, that God has put you know, in front of us to, um, to participate in. We can at least participate through prayer. I would say another way is through encouragement. We can encourage those who are on the front lines, who are going, who are uh, working and uh, being that witness, um, being that worker, that gospel worker, we can we can encourage them uh, actively, ongoing way. We can find creative ways to do that, right? And 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 then I would say the third way is to give financially. Um, and again, the degree and the level is not the important thing. Um, it's the 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 simple act of giving, um, whether it be very little. I mean, it's okay. Um, it's it's the I mean that's what Jesus said the widow who gave the the one little mite or whatever you call it um, he said she gave more than anybody <laughs> he's he can multiply can't that's he? right so the amount isn't the 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 concern the the willingness to give and the act of giving and so um, giving is something that we can all do in some capacity. I know I can use illustrations too many times, and I've used this before on Exploring Missions, but have new people that need to hear it and then the people that's been listening to be reminded of it. After World War II, it was amazing what all God did in China and in America. Uh, 
before World War II in China, we had so many missionaries there that had given their lives, uh, many denominations, some of the greatest missionaries that we know about and study about made their way to China. And uh, then the Japanese in World War II, you know, they did the damage there, and many of them had to leave, and then communism took over. But guess what happened? Because the work of the missions uh, that was in China, the underground church grew. It didn't diminish. It grew. Well, in America, on the other hand, here in America, uh, freedom reigned. Uh, after World War II, you're talking about mission effort, people going and ascending them, churches growing, denominations growing, millions being baptized, not hundreds or thousands, yeah. but we're talking about millions coming to Christ and knowing Christ. Now, we found out through exploring missions that the gospel works under all conditions. It doesn't matter if it's freedom or if it's uh, whatever, persecution, uh you know, the gospel, it works. But missions, on the other hand, it worked better in America than it did in China in those days as far as reaching other nations, other people groups. Why? Well, there's two or three reasons, freedom. But another was the economic resource. Uh, God had blessed America so much economically, Nathan, that the resources in the local churches were were beyond anything, and churches started saying, "Hey, we need to we need to pay this money to those that are willing to go." So that's why America, I think, is one of the reasons why we're still where we are in mm. in world theater is because of the church and its missional effort of giving. So giving, uh, if we're not careful, we'll diminish that. And yeah. we say, oh, man, that guy is going, that guy. But what about the people who are funding it? They're vital. I know it's ultimately God, and we give him praise. But God uses these people in order to finance and make it happen, doesn't he? Right, just like people have to say yes to God when God says, hey, I want you to go to such and such a people, to such and such a place. I want you to go as as my witnesses, uh, maybe cross-culturally. Um, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. There's going to be sacrifice involved. There's going to be risk and danger and difficulty. But I want you to go. And those people say, yes, requires faith, requires obedience to, to do what God's calling them to do. Well, you know what? It takes, for them to go, it takes resources financially. And for those financial for those financial resources to get to the missionaries who are going, it takes just as much faith and obedience on the part of those who are giving for them to go. So it, it is, it's holding the rope. It's like um, William Carey said, I need someone to hold the rope. And we're holding the rope. Those of us that are giving and praying and encouraging our missionaries, we're holding the rope for them to go down into the darkness with the light. And, uh, we can't, they can't go down unless we hold the rope, and they can't stay unless we hold the rope. We have to hold the rope through our financial giving, and it takes just as much faith and obedience to be able to give. So if we're not giving, we're not being faithful, and we're not being obedient. That's individuals, but it's also churches. Yeah. Uh, churches, sure. would you see, uh, here I'm taking a chance on people ostracizing me, but uh Look at the budget of the church and how much of it is going toward missional work. Now, some of the work to salaries, to 
to the staff, the pastor and others, that's missional too because they're out there many times on the front lines doing work, doing Bible studies. So that's part of the missional effort too. But how much of it is being sent from that location to bless others? Uh, I think it's a good idea for that church to look at that and examine how much of it uh, they could share with others. Absolutely. There's so much more work for us to do as the church, as the body of Christ, globally, but especially in the West, where the resources are still plentiful. For some, there's become more recent difficulty, but there's still resources. Um, sometimes it's just our priorities that get out of line, not necessarily the the economy of it. But we we should look at it, and we should pray about it, and we should see what God's Word has to say about giving, and then we should be faithful in that. And as 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 a whole body of Christ, there's so much more. I don't have numbers in front of me, but basically speaking, if you took uh, the average Christian amount of giving, it's around 2% of income is what's given back to the Lord. By the way, that's actually a smaller percentage than what Muslims give to to their to their mosques. And if we think 10% is the standard, if we hold that as kind of a a starting point, we haven't even gotten close to the starting point. If that if that's what we're shooting for, that 10%, we're around 2%. All right, so all that mission, all that giving, not just mission giving, just giving, and then you break it down into what is actually mission giving. It's out of every dollar, you're talking about about a nickel that goes into missions. Out of that nickel, about one cent or so goes to reach specifically targeted unreached people groups with the gospel of Jesus. Okay, so most of our mission force is spent in already reached countries. Fewer are going to unreached areas. Most of our mission giving is, again, spent on ourselves and then around reached areas and not, you know, not the neglected least access uh, places. So we've got a lot of work to do is all, all I'm trying to say. The Apostle Paul was sent out by the church at Antioch. And uh, if you've got a church that you want to model <laughs> after, I would suggest the church at Antioch. And uh, they sent Paul and Barnabas out with resources, with prayers, with support, and it was such a blessing. And when he came back, he would share the blessings of what God had done. And then they said, that was so successful, we want you to go again. Uh, But seemingly in the second mission trip, the resources didn't always get to him. Yeah. And he would— And he was going further out. Yes, he was. They were traveling, so it might have been a distribution issue. Exactly. And— and so I, I don't think they quit. That's not the evidence, but distribution problem, we experienced that not long ago. <laughs> uh, the Pacific Ocean was filled with all of the stuff that we needed here, yeah. as I heard it. I mean, that's a picture of the resources are there. Sometimes yeah. they're just sitting in people's wallets or purses, and it's a distribution <laughs> problem. Amen. Which yeah. is really obedience, right? Is that what yeah. it is? So in place of Paul coming home, uh, he he would do rely upon his skill as a tent maker and and make tents so he wouldn't be just you know uh, as he said in the book of First Thessalonians I did not not treat you that way as I could have as an apostle of Christ right. and demanded finances from you but he was faithful in doing that 
But there was one church, not only was it uh, Antioch, but there's another church in the Bible. After Paul had been there and they had established that church, they continued to support Paul, it seems like, no matter what. Man, isn't that churches and people like that, aren't they awesome? They are. So the church at Philippi That's it. <laughs> was that church that uh, was faithful from the beginning. And uh, in the book of Philippians, as Paul would, would write to the church there at Philippi, uh, he said a couple things, one thing at the beginning and one thing toward the end. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 and 3 through 5. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. What would cause Paul to pray with joy every time he prayed for them? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And what did that partnership look like? Well, in part, if you flip over to the back of uh, the book of Philippians chapter 4, um, what he says in verse 15, And you, Philippians, know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. So they were giving. They were providing those resources that God had given them, even maybe some of their lack of resources. They were still willing to give, be faithful, be obedient to give, and God was using them through the Apostle Paul as he would go out and share the gospel. And and what we're talking about, we're going to have the interview with someone from Samaritan's Purse. Samaritan's Purse is a worldwide ministry. It's amazing what they do, how they helped in Turkey just recently because of the earthquake there, how they helped uh, in Mississippi during Rolling Fork and the tornado that ripped through there. The resources is amazing. And this interview will let you know uh, different aspects of the ministries that they have of these volunteers. But what you have is these people and organizations that have financed Samaritan's Purse so that in just a quick amount of time, they can hurry those resources to the affected area and provide for them the needs that they have physically. And because they provide physically, guess what? They're able to share the good news of Jesus Christ. There's an old song, uh, and it tells, how do you tell a hungry man about the bread of life? How do you tell a thirsty man about the living water of God's Word? I, I think we do both. You know, we can do That's both. Right. We can walk and chew at the same time. <laughs> and and so this interview, Nathan, I think will bless those who are listening to get an inside view of Samaritan's Purse and how they want the gospel. And these people that they rush the gospel to, they're usually in need of hearing it. Yeah, and I would just encourage all of us that are listening, just ask the Lord, Lord, show me how I can be more faithful, how I can be obedient in praying and in encouraging and in giving toward your work in the world. I would add that that giving sure is a lot of encouragement. Amen. So uh, to, I know some people, they don't have the finances, and they can write a letter of support, but inside that letter, uh, having some finances is a blessing. So thank you guys for listening today, and may God bless you richly so you can bless others. Today on Exploring Missions, we have a guest that I have known for many years. I saw him here at the NRB on the exhibition floor, and we started looking at one another. We started talking, and 
all of a sudden we remember we had met years and years ago. And it is Jimmy Finch with Samaritan's Purse. Welcome, Jimmy. Welcome, Bert. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate that. Well, it's good to have you. I know we had to kind of twist your arm to get on this <laughs> program. and uh, But they was talking about who could do it, who could do it. And I volunteered you, brother. Well, I've, I've been volunteered for a lot of things in the past <laughs> that um, I hope I don't regret this one. <laughs> well, Samaritan's Purse is one of our hero ministries. AFR works closely with them, especially Operation Christmas Child and, mm. and then The Greatest Journey. They are, they're, it's just awesome during that period of time. Yes. But we're also excited about the work Samaritan's Purse does all year long. Yes. And uh, we're just so thankful for that. And how long have you been connected with Samaritan's Purse? Well, I got connected um, with OCC, actually, at the Packing Center in Boone, North Carolina in, the, in 2019 during that season. And uh, I took a, a, a job after that in our, uh, an associate position in Wilkesboro at our uh, WOW building, which is our warehouse there. And, uh, and then after that, um, I got the opportunity to serve with Donor Ministries. And I've been with them. This uh, actually tomorrow will be my third year anniversary. With well, them. amen. We're glad. Now we're we're taping this uh, in in the month of of May here in Orlando, Florida, with the NRB is, and so I've gotten a lot of good interviews. And so I went by Samaritan's Purse to try to find someone. And again, as we started talking, we found out we had met before, yes. and it was an interesting thing. Uh, let me say this. One of those times of meeting was when you guys with Life Action Ministries was at West Jackson Street Baptist Church, where I pastored in Tupelo, Mississippi. And uh, you looked at me and said, I think I know you. And my wife, Jan, was standing just to the side, and she is already saying, I've met that guy somewhere. <laughs> and uh, you guys were there, and yes. as you were leading a four-day um, uh, I would call it a revival for Life Action Ministries. It was a great time. And uh, so we started talking about Life Action. So we're just going to give a plug to Life Action Ministries. They're Absolutely. a great ministry in churches that can come in and bless your church. Amen. And you guys certainly blessed us way back then even. Well, and we were blessed as well. It was always a good time to go into a church and to see the, the congregation, to see the brothers and sisters of Christ ready to receive from the Lord a refreshing. And uh, it was my privilege to be the worship director for that team for a couple of years. And uh, and I love traveling with, that, with them and meeting folks just like you. So that was a great opportunity. And I remember the Lord meeting with us as we were there, too. Yeah, I, I told, you said, now what did you have? I said, we had everything Life Action had. We got it. And uh, we were blessed by it as well. Yes. But with Samaritan's Purse, you guys do a great ministry all year round. But two recently that I thought of was the earthquake in Turkey. Yes. What, man, you guys poured in the help there beyond measure. I, I just, I would see reports of that and see that that was quite a ministry and it's quite a, quite a lot of resources spent yes. there, wasn't it? Yes. And we're still there. We, we, Typically with those types of disasters, we go in first with our emergency field hospital, and we just recently closed that for our team, but we did uh, donate that to Turkey, so they still have that emergency field hospital and the equipment and can use that at their own leisure however they want to. 
Uh, we've kind of shifted phases on some things. We're uh, providing, we provided over 7,000 family uh, emergency tents for families that had lost everything, that didn't have anywhere to live. Let's, let's say that number again, not me repeat it. See if I got it right. 7,000 emergency tents for yes. families to live in. Yes. Wow. And we've also provided bedding, um, mattresses, things like that. Um, uh, home kits like the thing cooking type uh, utensils and things like that. We've also um, commissioned and are having built, and I think they may be completed. I think it was about 120 um, uh, pod units, kind of like uh, shipping units that you have, shipping containers. Right. And they transform those into bathhouses with showers, with uh, sinks and changing rooms. And so they've, they've put those in different locations all over Turkey for families that don't have running water because, of course, the infrastructure is pretty much gone. And so those, uh, those have been placed. And uh, I'm not sure what the work will be after that. But we're going to be there for quite a while as long as Turkey allows us to be there because anywhere we go, most people don't realize this. Most people don't realize that we are asked to come. We don't just show up. Right. So we have to be invited. And so they invited us to come uh, a few months ago, and we're planning to be there as long as they need our help. Well, let me uh, – this is something we may not talk about a lot, but another neighboring, uh, you know, country was affected by that. And I understood you guys got to go in there as well. We did, yes. And uh, we, we got to do some ministry there as well. And that's a dominated Muslim country yes. that, and you had to be invited first, and right. they invited Samaritans first in. Right, and I'm not sure if if we're still there doing work, but um, that would be something we would kind of keep close to the yes, chest. Yes, you anyway. would keep. That's the reason yeah. I I found out a long time ago. I better be careful what countries I call by right. name. Right. But when I heard that, I said, "Here it is. What what an opportunity for believers Amen. that here they see we do care." And yes. we we said they don't care what we believe until they believe we care mm -hmm. and going in like that proves that christians really do care about all people yeah and uh, what an opportunity that was and i praise god for that yeah let's talk about one that's close to home to me in mississippi and that was rolling fork mm -hmm. i mean rolling fork mississippi a tornado went through there and just did all kind of damage and i was looking at all the images and all of a sudden i saw samaritan's purse there at rolling fork mississippi so you not only do international work you do the work right here close to home as well amen yes we through u.s disaster relief uh, and nam we uh, always try to respond as quickly as we can and we bring our dr unit our disaster relief units there and set up uh, and just like anywhere in the world we always partner with churches and so uh, we have a couple churches in that area not just at Roland Fork I can't remember the other location but there's two locations we're in and uh, typically what we do when we go in is we uh, also in tandem we are with the uh, rapid relief or rapid response chaplains from BGA or Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They kind of do work hand-to-hand -hand. what what was funny uh, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, their exhibit was on one end of the hall, and Samaritan's Purse was right on the 
right the opposite end of the hall. <laughs> right. So I couldn't find you guys, and I was looking for you. So I asked the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They were at their exhibit. I said, where in the world is Samaritan's Purse? And they said, that away. Yeah, that's and right. so we went on down there and found you guys. And isn't it great? I, I want to talk about that for a minute. Partnerships. Sure. That's what American Family Radio does well. Yes. We, uh, we, we connect and, you know, partner with Samaritan's First. Uh, uh, purse for OCC, Operation Christmas right. Child, The Greatest Journey, and partnerships a vital, vital part of it, isn't it? Absolutely, and uh, actually, my my role now at uh, Samaritan's Purse is I'm a partnership manager for about 11 states throughout the United States. Uh, unfortunately, Mississippi doesn't happen to be one of those. Well, but, uh, we, we may make a request. We <laughs> want Jimmy Finch. We want Jimmy Finch. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and really, my job is to thank uh, thank those that give. We we uh, we have such a response most of the time with all of these uh, events and. Um, we don't make phone calls. We just receive them. And, and a lot of times with my partners, is it's my job to thank them for being with us and praying for us, praying for Franklin as he is doing his job traveling all over the world. He left the, or Orlando to go to Alaska, I he heard. Did. Is that right? Yes. This is the first week <laughs> of Operation Heal Our Patriots, uh, the retreats this summer. So he wanted to get there as quick as he could. Amen. Well, it's such a joy. Uh, Jimmy, tell me a little bit about your family. We want to sure. get to know you a little bit. It's sure. interesting to me, these people that work with these organizations, they go home every evening to a family, don't they? That's right. Yes, we do. And uh, uh, yes, I've been married 24 years uh, to my wife, Christy, and I have three children. And uh, one's married in Arizona and one's at uh, NC State right now. Uh, for those that do not know what NC State stands for, it is North Carolina State. That's you know, right. we in the SEC, we know a little about the ACC, but anyway, I, I knew that. Where's <laughs> the other right. one? And then uh, our youngest uh, is 14, and she is a, a beautiful ballerina. She loves to dance and sing, and so we're so proud of them and uh, and grateful to be in Boone, North Carolina, where our headquarters is for Samaritan's Purse. Roughing it for the Lord Roughing in Boone, North Carolina. Lord. That's right. Except for a few days in the winter, it is awesome, isn't it? <laughs> That's right, yes. I've heard that. Well, Samaritan's Purse, uh, they, people want to know more about it, have your own website, don't you? We sure do. Yes, you can go to our website, SamaritansPurse.org, uh, and find out all about what we do. Uh, there's a uh, place there not only to, to look at it, but to also give if you feel led of the Lord to do that. And, uh, or you can give us a call. The phone number's there at the bottom of the, f of the front page. And uh, you can give us a call if you have any questions or prayer requests. We love to pray with our brothers and sisters. Amen. One more thing before we close this interview, and you guys stand ready with all the resources that you've used in the last few months. Turkey, Rolling Fork, are you ready for another one? We're, we always want to be ready, and we always have emergency field hospitals ready in our warehouse, and, and, uh, and, and we can't do it without partners. We can't do it without the people that give to us, and we're so grateful for our brothers and sisters in Christ that give to us and let us allow to be allowed to use the resources the Lord provides for them. So. And I did an interview with someone else from Samaritan's Purse, and they said we fly these hospitals in on our jet. Yeah, on our DC-8. Yes, that I, I thought, well, how in the world do they get it over there? They fly it in yeah. and it's ready to go. That's right. Jimmy, uh, it's good to see you again, good brother. Good to see you too. And it's a joy. I hope to see you again. Uh, yes, hey, if you come back to NRB, 
uh, I'll, I'll look you up again. Yeah, that'd be great. But it's SamaritansPurseAnd.org is the website. You can yes, find out more about it. Uh, most of us have heard about it. Most of us uh, just praise God for a ministry like that, and we do as well. But we want you to be on mission for God. It may be relief in an area where they've faced disaster. It may be on mission for someone who has lost a loved one. It may be just a mission of compassion, of sharing Jesus Christ, the love that he has for them. But I pray that all of us would be on mission for God.